It's the Craggy Rugby Podcast. I'm Rob Murphy. We're back in the Sports Ground Connective loss. 15 points to 14 in a silly defeat. Alan Deegan, welcome along. Hi, Rob. I changed my tone there. I was a bit too enthusiastic on the first... Uh, I think I got it right there. That's the right tone for that performance. It's very, David. It's, that, this sort of game with very absolutely nothing on it for us but lost in the last minute. The, picking the right tone. You can't be too enthusiastic but at the same time you can't be too funereal. I think you, you're you getting there. Yeah, just, just, just around the midway point of a mood level to sum up what was a all-round scrappy display where Edinburgh came with so much on the line and they found a way to win. Lindley McKenzie, welcome along. Good evening, Rob. Good evening. Well, it is, an, it is a nice clear evening. It's like the evening never happened. It's a different day here. In well, and the rain has gone rain and gone. it's rain dried gone. and so, you know, it looks much better now than what it did um, a few minutes ago or half an hour ago. The conditions are actually like they were part of a set in a play and uh, the play is finished now so we can stop the wind and rain because it's all just disappeared. It's a beautiful evening, this ground, this weather. Anyways, look, can't blame the weather, Alan, can we? No, don't think so. We blame a lot of things. No. What are you blaming? What's What's the chief culprit in this defeat tonight? Playing the last 15 or 20 minutes with 14 men. Interesting. Dave, any change in the key reason Connacht lost this evening? Oh, not not that, but it's part of a general brain fartiness that that overcame us in the last 20 minutes. Brain fartiness. Look it up in the dictionary. Connacht are somewhere close to it at times this season. Lindy McKenzie, anything to add? Yes, I think it's all mental. Mm. I think the fact that they've already qualified for the Champions Cup I think it's all a combination of things. They've already qualified for the Champions Cup. They had players out there Summer who really wanted to make an impression, the younger fellas. And then you did have, obviously, the red card. That's always going to affect a game. But I think, it was, I think it was a combination of reasons. Yeah, interesting you should say that because I have this theory, Alan. I've said this to you before. I said it before. And I thought Edinburgh were going to win tonight because when one team has a requirement of a win for their objectives and another team doesn't have that requirement just to take on Lindley's point, it just felt like if this game's a one-score game, they're going to need it more. Yeah, yeah, but it... Wouldn't have been a one-score game had we been playing with 15 men for the last few times. They keep going back to it, and especially when you know there's 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 a there's a situation where the TMO made that decision, yeah. brought the attention to it. But there was another, at least one other decision where the TMO should have been brought the attention to over um, an elbow to the face of Sean O'Brien on a couple of occasions. And why wasn't that brought? It's the same thing. It's you know if it's a red card when the head comes into it ball carrying by one of the, the, the Edinburgh players so why wasn't that brought back yeah and a key uh, high tackle on Caelan Bade at another point in time but at the same time you know one or two smaller I mean, decisions happened, went the other way against Munster too as well remember the, there was a, a high arm on, on, on Jack Carty yeah. Carty I mean I suppose that is the, I mean it's it's very difficult it's very difficult one, when one person is watching it in game time yeah to actually sometimes pick everything up, but it just that's it, it just but w- exactly. there was one moment there in the in in just to come back to Lindley, there was a, a TMO moment in, in during the first half, I think it was, where an Edinburgh player came down on top of Dennis Buckley, and there was a nothing incident. I mean, I cannot believe they took time to look at it, and that's where you start to lose confidence in the officiating team that they wasted time with that. You look at the game today. There was what was was. Dan Bigger tried to tackle Johan Meyer which is, means he's a braver man than me and they spent five minutes looking at it and eventually went we can't see anything and they said we can't and, and he, what really funny was Wayne Barron said I can't see anything because of the graphics on the screen and you're there thinking well why if you can't see anything don't even bother just move on with the game but just yeah it's so true but on that point Alan like that that, that was two minutes of a forensic look at a nothing incident that you should have had a sense straight away there's nothing to this yeah because we couldn't 
we couldn't figure it out. We were I've got the laptop here in the background, so it's about 40, 50 seconds behind. And, you know, a couple of guys come in to look at it and go, what are they looking at? We, we can't figure it out. You couldn't look at the high challenge on Caelan Blade or, you know, I the... Often wonder, I often wonder if, in these cases, that during a game there should be no yellow cards or red cards, so yeah. to speak. And that, and that, no, and then in hindsight, when you look at the match, when the match officials then look at the at the replays, and if they see them, they could then then be cha- can, then be I, yellow carded or red carded the following this, week. Can I point to a sport where this happens, and that is Australian rules football? And there's still huge controversies over it because there's no consistency. And some guys, if you take a, we're back to the taking a plea and the getting time off type thing. And if you say actually I, that didn't happen, I, I disagree with your decision. You actually get it, and it, they say well you did. They actually extend your ban. Yeah, so sure. that is whole. Yeah, but, and is anyone there, but, is there, but is there a ca- is there a case then when they look back on games, if they are very if they are dangerous, for the person then to be sanctioned after? Um, I, all I'm saying is, this, is there a case? Do you know for what? It? Do you know what? Here's my thing, right? Listen, officiate officials out there, come on our podcast. We'd love to have you on. Here's my fear. I feel that there isn't, this is my gut feeling, there isn't a lot of introspection going on among officials. I think there's a sense of righteousness that's just a little bit too far below above average than it's where it should be. And I don't think they're critically assessing something that I just described. The three minutes that were spent on that line-out review are absolute disgrace. And they might say, oh, but no, we came up with no, there was no decision. It proves our point that when other things were missed, that was not officiated well in the TMO box tonight or by the whole team and that's our point and I think if you got that sense Alan that they are introspectively looking over things and getting better you'd feel better of course they can make mistakes yeah 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 go on yeah no no Dave you've got something there well no it's more a case of you look at that incident that involved a leg injury now I'm not saying I do think there is there is, there is a big... Rugby's going to have to face up to a very serious fact right now, which is that of all the red cards I've seen in the last six weeks, not one of the players who was hit in the red card official has been forced off the pitch. Even tonight, where the guy did go off for a blood injury, he came back on later for another player. No, this is all about prevention, though. I know it's all about prevention, but the assumption is that only, only injuries that really need to be... Cla- the only areas of it of, that can cause serious injuries in the long run are head injuries. Now, I'm not saying we don't do that. I'm saying, yes, keep doing what you're doing. But don't assume that every that that's the only type of injury that can happen. There are other instances. Now, it could have been that Buck, the injury was quite serious. Ah, yeah, it could have been, but... but, but, but I, I feel like we're going to get bogged down on that, but I, like, I see your point. It's, it's, just, it's just either say that if you just made it simple, a very simple clear-cut rule, and I think this could be applied to a lot of other sports with rules that are contentious, simply say, you touch the head. Don't go yellow, just go red card, hits the head. Don't worry. The suspension might be for just... Even if it's a red card, just for that game. Yeah, that's well, where you bring in your grading. Yeah, that's fair enough. But like, let me get back on track, right? I, anyone leading with an elbow should be red carded. It's brilliant to take it out of the game. Yeah. All for it. Anyone making contact to the head, first point of contact in the tackle. Alan, do you want to just go on your rant on? If someone says, oh, they're getting too soft, well, that's difficult to do. Players can't get low enough. Maybe you go on your rant and, and you'll finish my point. Well, when I was learning to tackle, you tackle you tackle the legs. You, know, you run with your legs. You yeah. don't run with your head. You don't run with your shoulders. You run with your legs. You know. It's sympathetic with a Jared Butler in this situation. Oh God, no. no, 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 absolutely not. No, I, like you know, I'm slightly. It's it's a red card that changes the game. It's a it's an absolute red card. There's no question. He hits him in the in the head with his shoulder. No I, intense, I, but. But just bad matter. technique. Doesn't yeah. matter. It's it's bad technique. And it's going to make the game safer because they learn. Even their guy dipped a little. I don't care. You dip a little bit more. Think, think back to the World Cup when Warburton got that famous red card at a key time. Yeah. It was at a time when these tackles were in the game. How often do you see those type of tackles now? You don't see them. Why do you not see them? Because they 
burst of red cards and it's sorted it out. And I think we need more of that. So this isn't a problem with the call there. It's just a problem with the consistency of officials and how they're implementing it. That, I think that's our overview. You're going to hear in the pre- post-game press conference, Dave, if you want to add something, do. But I'm just going to say, you're going to hear in the post-game press conference from Andy Friend and Owen Masterson. And I specifically asked Owen Masterson what it's like for players in this type of environment at the moment. You know, the psychology of, of trying to wonder it with everything being forensically analysed. We'll go to the press conference after Dave makes his final point. Very simple point is Alan's absolutely right. Tucker on the ankles, but then watch them worry when tacklers are getting getting hit with knees and hips. They, 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 yeah. They're very that, that only happens with bad technique. Yeah, well, there's some. It's there's only some bad very, technique. There's been some very bad techniques. And by the way, before we go to the press conference, let's have a little bit of the match. Ooh. <laughs> it's a good job someone's producing this podcast. There's some of the game. How much of it, though? No. How much? God, no. Very little. Marmion gets it out to Daly there's a decoy runner and coming behind him is Carty he gets it out to the fullback Alex Wooten is going for yet another try what a tackle to stop Wooten scoring what seemed like a certain try it's still on though Marmion Sean O'Brien and the man from County Kildare has got in over the line and scored the try what a way to mark the start in the number 13 jersey for Sean O'Brien Wooten was almost in O'Brien gets in it's been a thrilling start for Connacht in this one here at the sports ground four and a half minutes gone five points to nil where is the target in this line out it is towards the front it's Prendergast again it's a good transfer of the ball down to the back it's a very tight unit driving towards the Edinburgh line surely this will get over it will get over will they get the touchdown it's Della Hunt trying to get it he has got it Connacht have got another try they're second at the game Niall Murray almost turned it over again but he didn't Edinburgh have the ball the mall is set Connacht are in real real bother now five metres from their line the mall is driving infield this is the last play of the game barring any more penalties Edinburgh have to get the try I think they're going to have to use this they're not going to drive over out it comes from Paragos Connacht push up and they need to make the tackle Sean O'Brien makes a great tackle Chamberlain behind the game line Chamberlain's going for the try Chamberlain scores under the post and Edinburgh have won the game Alright Andy uh, yet another strange result in a strange season really uh, it, it's it's hard to kind of make sense of some of these uh, games that slip away from Connacht, but that one is probably one of the harder ones to take. It is, Rob. It uh, but we had three opportunities to really shut that game out, and and, and we we buggered them all up. We somehow survived the first two, and then the last one uh, was the one that ended up on the backside. So just disappointing because in an area of our game that we've we've done well recently, how we've managed the game. You think back to. Our, our, our last-minute win against um, Benetton, and I thought the way we managed that was very good. I thought a lot of our uh, a lot of our stuff in in previous games, the way we've hung out there or hung in there and, and closed our games, has been very good. But tonight it wasn't, and we paid the ultimate penalty. Rugby is a strange game when one team has a huge amount riding on a result and the other doesn't. Like, there's no point of kind of. You know, mixing that up like it's straightforward. Edinburgh had to win to keep their Champions Cup alive. Uh, Connacht didn't have to win. Is that a factor in the closing stages and how Connacht approached the game? If he, if Connacht still had to get the points to secure a Champions Cup place, do you think Connacht would have finished the game differently? Oh, listen, I, possibly it's human nature, isn't it? We we did talk at the front end of the game, like you know, the the results that were last weekend and then last night meant that we. We are secure in, in that Champions Cup. We can't go higher than second in our conference. We can't drop lower than second in our conference. We can't move higher than fourth overall nor drop more than fourth overall. But the key point there was we are therefore a top four side. And if we're a top four side, we've got to go and play like a top four side. And there tonight, I didn't even play like a top four side. So um, that's, that's the bit that hurts us because 
you know, at the end of the day, there is always something to play for. It's your pride, it's your problems, it's the people beside you, it's the performance you put out there. And we didn't do that to the best of our ability tonight, which is disappointing. 12 of the uh, 15 missed tackles in the first half came from Connacht it was like only on 40%, you know, they only had 40% possession. What, what's what's that play there for you? Yeah, see, that's, a, that's been another area we've, we've been we've been very good, but uh, we knew they were physical. But again, uh, you know, I, th- I thought we were, we were slow with our fold. I thought we were poor with our setup in our ABC. Um, we talked about that at half time. We're probably better in the second half. But again, you know, the Masters is our, our defence leader, so I'm sure he'll, he'll have a view on it too. But uh, yeah, certainly the messaging that came from, from Owen and Pete Wilkins at the front end of the game was we've got to start strong, boys. This is, this is an area that um, we pride ourselves on. We are at home. It's our fortress. We've got to get off the line. We've got to get our bodies in front. We didn't seem to do it. So, um, you know, it's something we need to address and make sure we, we get it right for the next week. Three questions in now, but like the biggest moment in the game has to be the red card. Would you agree with that? Any thoughts on it? Uh, yeah, listen, it's a big moment. Um, there are other big moments that that uh, yeah, seem to get missed, but um, that one is a big moment, and it's your skipper, and he's going off. He's obviously very uh, very apologetic and disappointed with that, but it does hurt you when you, you go down to 14 men. So I thought we were actually brave to fight. You know, I thought the fight we put on or put out there after he went off was very good, but at the end of the day, though, we didn't do enough. So... Um, it, you know, it, it, it was a significant moment in the game. Uh, it kind of leads to forensic analysis of other moments, maybe players leading with the forearm and things like that we're hearing. Just, I mean, that's something you're going to go over afterwards, but is that frustrating when certain things get analysed in minute details and other things? I think we saw Caelan Bay take a high tackle, a, a seatbelt tackle at a key point that was missed as well. And that's, and that's a disappointing thing. All you want is a two or three missed on the other side well it doesn't seem right so that's you know we're 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 human and and uh errors are made um yeah i'm not going to complain about it just on to the scarless monday week like it would be typical of this season that kind of go from that misfiring efforts to just throwing the ball around and playing brilliantly over there wouldn't be beyond you by any means. I presume that's what you need now. Yeah, I mean, we, we, as we just talked about in the shed, there we've still got a lot to play for. You know, we're in a we're in a Challenge Cup. We know we've got Leicester Tigers away two weekends after that. Um, we know we've got a Rainbow Cup coming up as well. Uh, so lots and lots to play for for us, and and that's why every performance is really important. So that was our last out. My, my party message to the players in the sheds there. Listen. We can't change that result out there now. What we can do is get ourselves right and ready for our next opportunity, which is against the Scarlets over there in uh, in Wales. So let's make sure we're ready for that one. Oh, no, I can't imagine how frustrating it is to come off the field and lose in a game like that. Maybe just give our listeners a kind of a sense of what the dressing room is like and how you're feeling right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like when they score a try under the post and they, and they need a conversion to win, it's, it's pretty deflating. So yeah, as you can imagine, the dressing room is quite quiet and just very frustrated with I, I don't think they I don't think Edinburgh played particularly better than us I just think if <clears throat> a few a bit of decision making towards the end really cost us which is which is really really frustrating um, I think we got to a stage where we had the ball close to our try line with about three minutes to go and that's kind of a grey area between do you keep the ball and run the clock down but then obviously 
you're at the mercy of the referee penalizing you for sealing off and they're trying to probably uh, we're probably try and get the ball back there and reward the tackle so um I thought we were very close to, to sealing the game and then I think they got a they got a jack and turnover on the left wing as we were playing and um just to go line out just about won it. We gave away another penalty at the rock and then they went to the corner, we dealt with them all and then they scored off the off the face so um, yeah incredibly shame. Just on your thoughts on Jared Butler's uh, red card, in a more general sense, how hard is it for players at the moment? There's a lot of analysis on every detail. You do a lot in the game. How tough is it? Do you find, do you find it gets frustrating from a player's perspective? I mean, there's no question the contact was to head and a straightforward call, but just from your own perspective, how difficult it is, is it that these things are being analysed so, in such detail now? Yeah, it definitely feels like there's way more cards in the game than, than there ever has been before. I can't speak on Jared's Instagram. There's no big screens in the in the grounds at the moment, so I haven't seen it at all. But um, like I think, I think we, we we practice good technique all the time. We we practice getting low, and if 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 we are coming into a double shot, we're we're very conscious not to leave with the shoulder. You can't tuck your arm at all. You can't end with the elbow. is very risky, and we probably try and target the ball. If if then I suppose I, I haven't seen Jared, but if if someone dips or leaves with their head and they make contact with your shoulder, it's all up for interpretation. So it can be. Um, I can imagine from Jared's point of view, it's very frustrating. Like I don't think, I'd say ninety percent of red cards are non-intentional, and um, yeah, thankfully I haven't haven't been on the receiving end of one yet. But um, there's definitely more cards in the game than there ever has been, and uh, feel sorry for a lot of these guys for getting red cards, and especially when there's when there's no intent. Oh, and this season feels a bit different than other seasons for so many reasons because there's been some spectacular performances, there's been some really solid wins, there's been heartbreak as well, and then there's been some poor performances in these kind of conditions. This has happened before. Just maybe make sense of it. And what have Connacht got to do for you to put this out of the mind and maybe, maybe just kind of see out the season without too many more nights like this? Yeah, well. <laughs> the mood would be very different if you can imagine imagine Niall Murray had two hands on that ball five mm. the line and if, if he held on to that we'd be saying we were very resolute towards the end we defended incredibly well with 14 men for 20 minutes so um, that doesn't hide from the fact it's incredibly frustrating that we lost because some of our decision making was very poor and we still acknowledge that but um, I don't think there's any major issues like in, in a standard season now if we finish second We'd be looking forward to a home quarter final. We'd back ourselves here with the fan when we the fans here to beat anyone at a home in a home quarter final, and then we we've a semi final, and we we've shown we can we can beat anyone. Um, away our away form has been very good this year. Um, so in in a normal season, we we'd be very excited right now. Um, that's my thoughts at the moment. I don't I don't think there's any major issues that we need we need to iron out. The the major issue tonight was just that decision making towards the end and how, how to how to finish out the game. All right, back here. Lindley, it was interesting just uh, hearing from all Masters and the lads there. I mean, look, end of the day, they're disappointed. But, you know, if they were to turn it around with a better performance against the Scarlet, and by word, if they were to produce what we're all hoping they'll produce away to Leicester and get the win that is long overdue in England, this will be long forgotten. You know what I'm getting at. Yeah, look, it, it, it's very hard for any team once they've achieved what they set out yeah. to achieve. Yeah, yeah, yeah. end the season feels like, yeah. Ab- absolutely. And, and the fact is that the, way the team was changed up and around to give players who hadn't had much opportunity yeah. the opportunity. So it's the perfect time to do it. It's the perfect time to bring on Sean O'Brien or the, the Oren McNulty, you know. Um, and if they'd had the team possibly from last week, would it have made a difference? Possibly, because they're used to playing together, the whole rhythm... Um, but 
that's not going to help Connacht in the future or no. next season. So, look, it's probably disappointing that the thing about it is this, that they actually should have won their game in the circumstances, mm. given the fact that they actually had the winning of that game right up until injury time. Yeah. So really they should have, at that stage, they should have won it. And that's probably a disappointing aspect. But I wouldn't get too uptight about... I wouldn't get too uptight about losing when you had a much-changed team and the opportunities that were given to those young players. And I think that's more important for the long-term future. OK, so here's what we're going to do for the rest of this podcast. So first of all, I want you to quickly think about some of the things that went wrong there and only talk about them if you feel they're relevant to the rest of the season. If you feel it was just tonight, if you feel it was a bit of a learning curve, a couple of young players, things, let it go, because that's what Lindy's saying, and I tend to agree. And then I want to finish the podcast with picking out some of the positives. So we loved Niall Murray's play in those closing stages. As Owen Masterson said there, he was so close to robbing that line out at the end. And that would have been a crowning glory of a performance from him. And we'd be saying, geez, with 14 men for 22 minutes, didn't connect too well to hold out in the end but it didn't work out that way but I'll anything in particular in the way that game finished that says you know what I'm worried about that for the bigger picture um, not really because it was it was a horrible night it was a horrible game we started off really well we had huge amounts of enthusiasm and all the young guys were mad and the, the actually yeah there is something that's coming to it now the, the vocal you could hear them on the field everyone was shouting it was vocal the, the guys on the sideline were, were vocal but as the game went on and it got closer, our guys became less vocal and less vocal, both on the field and off on the sideline, whereas the Edinburgh guys, both on the field and on the sideline, got more and more vocal. And that could be down to that thing where they had more to play for, and it could be that part of it, that there was something they wanted it more a little bit, and you could hear it in just the noise levels. I actually recorded a couple of bits of it, Good. which we might just drop yeah, in. Just drop it in there. there. Yeah. It's kind of an example of the noise, because it was coming through on our commentary too. in particular because I want to ask something William was on about in the commentary your thoughts there just anything that's kind of jumping out you there that you're going yeah this is part of a bigger problem I thought we'd got over it I really thought we'd stop this making life unnecessarily hard for ourselves in the last five minutes of games especially when we're three five points up we don't and this is not unique to Andy Friend. This is not unique actually to the 15 that are out, to the 15, 23 that are out there. This seems to be a consistent problem over the last seven, eight years, we call it, which is that when it comes to these types of games, against these types of, not against your, this doesn't happen against, in tight, well, it does happen, doesn't happen, it hasn't been happening here. But there has been a way where, where we just seem to, in the last, say, there's 90 seconds to go, we'll give away a penalty or we'll, we'll have a scrum and we'll make a mistake. Um, we'll, we, you know, we'll, we'll make life unnecessarily hard for ourselves. And ultimately, we, the reason we lost the game is because we made life unnecessarily hard for us. We gave away a penalty. We then gave away a second penalty. We could have... We're not boring... We don't boringly finish games. Now, that mm. means we're very exciting. And I mean, you do get situations like last year with Robin Copeland. But we just don't... We very rarely... We either kill a game with 20 minutes to go, but if it's very tight... We, yeah, we we have a tendency to let to and I thought we got out of it, but it's slipping back in again. This and that would be, and again, it's, it's not specific to the guys who are out there tonight. I think there were, you know, 
they you know for 20 minutes they played really well yeah, with 14, 14 men <laughs> but it's just that that last 90 seconds especially especially the bit when it went into the red that really would annoy you okay I, get, I nearly want to bring up Jack Hardy's wild pass in, inside the, his own I've never seen anything like that actually <laughs> to win a team's leading a game but anyways look I'm not even going to get into that because look it was a moment in time Lenny I want to ask you what William was talking about was when are Connick going to figure out these conditions <laughs> This is strange, and it's only this season, I would argue. Oh, look, I sit up there, and I'm still freezing cold, and I've been sitting here for God... I'm not going to say how many years I've been sitting up here for, <laughs> and I still don't have enough warm clothes on when I come here. Fairness, the conditions in New Zealand are probably like this sometimes, do be But having said that, we're not figuring it out, are we? Well, I'm not really sure, I'm not really sure how to answer that question. Oh. I mean... You, I'm you're saying William's wrong. Good job, he's over there. <laughs> Can't talk. No... No, and no, in the sense that there's 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 ways to win a game that is obviously being directed the way that Connor should play by the coaches. Mm. How to win a game? Now, is there enough is there enough experience within that team mm-hmm. to have to think on their feet to change the tactics or mm. change the way they play the game? Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. Okay. But no, well, I'm well, not in the sure. starting lineup tonight. Do you think? Yeah, even in the starting lineup, I, I, I just and wonder. With, and with your captain off the field. Yeah. I, no, I, just, I just wonder, like, if you look at the last play, and I'm going to bring it up here because Christopher O'Neill on Twitter got onto us about it. When McNulty got the ball with 12 seconds to go, there had been a knock-on just before it. So had that oh, been yeah. missed? I think he's right he got there. the ball when he got the ball. But what, the point I'm going to make about about Oren is he's making his day, but he wants to do something. Mm. When he got tackled, he should have let them have the ball because they weren't going anywhere. But just he was, if, a, if an experienced player gets that, I don't think he gives the penalty away. Yeah. <laughs> but a young guy making his debut, and you know, it, it comes down to that. And and you know, as, as Christopher Neal says, like, was it a foul? Like, did, did had they had they missed the knock on that should have been a scrum to Connacht? If it was an advantage, when was it over? Did we know? Yeah, it's a good point. Uh, a really good point. It's one of the many times things I missed. Yeah, I, I, what I like about what Lindley, what you're saying there, and you jump back in if you want to, but I, I think is just that you say I'm not sure this is a similar example to other wet nights. It was a different set of parameters here. I think that's the key. Yeah, really. yeah. absolutely. I mean, I think if, if this was a game like Edinburgh that they had to win it to keep yeah. any hopes alive, I think you might have seen a different game and you would have seen a different team out there as well so I think it's always very hard I don't think we played the conditions that badly in comparison to other games especially in comparison to the Ulster game um, we didn't play them that badly I have to say if we're going to be frank about who played the conditions well Edinburgh were dire in the second half first half those box kicks Gary Owens I mean yeah that was just I mean if you talk about not playing the conditions Edinburgh won that game despite having absolutely no concept of how to play here at all they also took the option of not having to win the first half Connick did that more recently Uh, that's one thing you never do at the sports ground take the wind when it's there That's, that's true you absolutely have to but I mean considering I mean they didn't really considering we blew a lot of chances we, but the first 25 minutes of that game were entirely played in their 22 now they very very French didn't in their 22 and when they did they knocked on they dropped the ball uh, we worked, worked the ball up to it. then we would make a mistake and that was the problem we, we barely had a decent backline move in the entire game I mean even I, I, even the move that won the game was a complete breakdown everything going wrong oh, and a 20 year old out half with dancing feet who scored a hat trick yeah. you told me in the notes uh, against Welsh under 20s last year yeah. proved oh, his yeah. talent he's, 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 he's a lovely little player to be fair the, the, the Nathan, Chamberlain. Nathan, Nathan Chamberlain is, he took a tackle from Papa Lahi and I thought oh god he's dead 
because he got absolutely creamed. He, I thought he, I, they ran onto him, they checked him out. I thought he's going off. He got up and fair play to him. He, he came back and he scored a winning break. Um, yeah, I thought they were. I think if we're going to be honest about it, we were bad. But geez, let's not have Edinburgh down as world beaters. <laughs> two, two teams played poorly, one bit of it was class, a right? Game. At the end. Let's be frank. It, it, it was a bad game. In, in horrendous conditions. Oh, like again, you have to say. It's lovely. What are you on about? Talk about how horrendous. At one stage, we could barely see the pitch. The rain was coming down at such a, an angle. As we wrap up, as we wrap up, Lindley first. I do like what Andy Friend did here tonight. I do like the fact he made nine changes. I still like it even after the defeat. I'm a bit concerned by the fact that they didn't see it out. But I don't think it's the end of the world. Oh, absolutely not I think he did the right thing mm. you know you've got players there I mean let's face it it's been a pretty shite year mm-hmm. for, for everybody with, with Call it. you know it's been a pretty shite year it has yeah, you know, for yeah. COVID everything That's so you've got players so you've got players there and these new players coming in who've been you know twiddling their bloody thumbs for most mm. of the season so for, they, they still have to they're still professionals they still have to go to training every week they still have to train like they're going to perform and most a lot of them haven't been had that opportunity. So I think he did absolutely the right thing. He patted a few of them on the back and said, it's your time. Go out there, experience it. Give you a little bit of hope coming into the end of the season for the start of the next or for whatever is coming around the corner, whether it's Rainbow Cup or whatever. Who knows? Brilliant. Well, I like, I'm like. i smiling there because remember myself and yourself in the Aviva Stadium debating on whether Connacht should change their team after the great win over Ulster and you were like, players need some game time. <laughs> Give them a chance and you're back on it now and I think at this stage I'm turned one lady and fully agree with you. Dave? Players, also players need rest. Some guys have played them now. Yeah. Ridiculous amount of rugby. The likes of John Porch now, I'm just glad he wasn't anywhere near the place tonight. He needs a rest. But also, there are 13 teams in this league where the young players will learn an awful, learn an awful lot more about who they are and what they have to do and where they are going as professional rugby by le- defeats. The only team that doesn't do that is, is Leinster because somehow everybody... They, 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 every, they never stop losing. They, 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 yeah, they never stop losing. No, I think a, a lot of that... Except is, for when they're playing Connacht at Christmas. I, I was going to say, that's in t- a lot of that is down to the fact that people see the blue shirts or whatever colour that other kit is. That 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 Leinster, but Leinster are the only team that can put kids on guys in their first games on and, and have a fairly be fairly certain that that team will win. Everybody else, it's a, you, you just don't know. You Monster don't know maybe as well. In fairness, the top uh, the t- Monster as well, but they, I don't think I don't think it, I don't think again I don't think they come here with a team full of kids. Um, no, fair point actually. But I mean, we'll see, it'll be interesting to see what happens now. Again, we've a game coming up on Monday week where there are two games going on at the same time. We're the only team where it doesn't matter. The Scarlet, Scarlets will definitely will, will need it to, to hold on to third and Cardiff are playing Edinburgh. So the Scarlets might well send out as strong a team as they can possibly can. We could legis- leg- legitimately be, go to them and go, do you know what, we're sending over under-19s. They need game time. Some of them want to play in the under nineteen Six Nations. I remember watching match today in the old days, our BBC grandstand, when the final day football was on, the relegation days, and you'd have like teams there, I, I, like nothing to play for, but they're there to watch their team relegate the other team. Connacht are in there just, just to mess up uh, Scarlet's day. <laughs> well, that is the problem. I think, I think Connacht can't be seen to just send over a team. Oh, good point. Yeah, yeah. They, they, yeah. Good because, point. I mean, that isn't fair but to the competition. But I'd say Andy Friend won't want to after tonight. He no, really, I don't think yeah. he will. But I think he'll do, he might just produce a similar t- type of team. Just a bit of a mix of Yeah, mix it up absolutely. And so he should. But he has to take it seriously. He can't be seen in the Pro 14 not to. And it's not fair on any teams competing in it. I don't want to, like, you know, people are wherever they're listening. You're out for your walk. You're driving. You're not driving far if you're driving. But wherever you are and listening to this, I don't want to kind of ruin your mood as we leave you. But Jared Butler's likely to miss the Challenge Cup game against Leicester, according to William. Isn't he right there three weeks? Assuming that, you know, they he's uphold, off, they uphold the red card and everything's fine. Yeah, it looks like he's not going to be there. Huge loss. 
it depends what day it's played. If it's played on a Sunday, he'd be back. Really? Are we still at the three weeks? Whether they do it by games or... Oh, games, then they need... Very that. Okay. Yeah, I something. Yeah, yeah. I thought some of our players played really well. I thought Niall Murray had a great game, and I'm going to call him Murray just for Dave. I've, you know, I've come up with a way of saying it in the commentary that doesn't sound too like Murray. I've kind of gone Niall Murray, and it just works. Okay, fair enough. Kim Prandegas, I thought did well, um, and even Ormanotti did really well. I know there was a penalty at the end, yeah. but you know, he got good. himself out of had a bad trouble over in the far corner and just yeah. before that one tackle around the ankles on the player at one point I was like oh well done went low mm. took him down yeah he was good and, and of course Sean O'Brien was superb Sean Garrett O'Brien he's a really good two player hours, two, two R's two T's William did point out that it took himself and Tom Daly a while to just get their spacing right if you like but that's all part of the learning curve but my god going forward he was excellent ok anything else we got some great props we have some great props. Really great props. And we got Duncan and Connor Kenny came on there and they both played. Think about it. We have four we have four tight heads now. Johnny Murphy has never started for Connacht. He's due a start at some point. I thought he was excellent. Maybe, maybe and this is gonna sound radical. Let John, you know, wouldn't be radically damaging to the competition if Johnny Murphy started against the Scarlets. We'll see. We'll see how it all works out. I mean, like, you need to get warm. <laughs> You're looking at me like, is it over? I love talking on this podcast, Rob, but I also like going home. Oh no, I love, I do love talking you on this do. podcast. Of course, we appreciate your. Just, I'm just a little chilly. We all are. So I'm going to go home. I have a shop to run tomorrow. You've stuff to do. We're back on uh, during the week, and we're previewing a game that's on a Monday night. Stop doing that, please. Stop doing that. Pro 14. But like, you can still do that if you sort out the Rainbow Cup for William, because I think he's going to have a breakdown if he has to come on another podcast and talk about fifty. <laughs> Six games and one final. That's all I heard in the podcast coming driving up there this evening. And you know what? His point is well weighed. Fifty-six games for one bloody final. Every competition is ends up with one final. I know, but like, can we have one knockout game out of fifty-six? I mean, and and by the way, just to reiterate what was said last week, Dan McFarland spot on. Connacht, Ulster, they deserve to be in playoffs. They deserve to be there. Outrageous, outrageous decision. All right, that's it from us. Cut it loose Break out Or nothing changes Sad and confused Don't wait until